Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to Everyday Explorations, where we explore, well, whatever's on my mind. I'm your host, Jen Zapla. So what is on my mind today? Career, passion, purpose. In today's episode, we will be interviewing my good friend, Calvin, diving into his mind and mindset to see how these are connected for him. Calvin is an author, blogger, podcaster, motivational speaker, and certified life coach. He helps people to master their mindsets so they can master their lives. If you're interested in learning more about Calvin, check out his website, intenselypositive.com. Welcome, Calvin. We're going to do a podcast today. It's my very first podcast ever. Oh, I feel so special. Because you are so special. You should feel (laughs) special even if it wasn't. And today we're going to be talking about your career, what you do, why you do it, mainly because it has been a struggle for me my whole life. And I think it's a struggle for a lot of people. People always tell you like, find your passion, go with your passion. What better person to talk to about something like that than a life coach, by the way. I but, uh, I think you're right on that. <laughs> but I might have to correct one potential misconception that you have. Okay. And that is that I only do one thing. <laughs> okay, and what's that? <laughs> because... I like doing a lot of things. I am a life coach, but I'm a, I got a couple of other titles in there too. All like, right. you know, professional photographer. And, uh, oh, podcaster and blog writer and blogger, all that stuff. Well, that's even but more exciting. It is, but a lot of it is all around. Uh, life coaching is somewhere I wanted to be for a really, 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 really long time because I like helping people get out of their own way, especially if they ask me. I, uh, I've been doing this now since probably 2012 and um, eh, doing okay. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I continue to enjoy it over almost everything else I've done. I really, really love photography, but coaching was easier during the pandemic <laughs> starting about high school everybody always used to come to me for advice people have always come to me for advice like, and like what kind of advice dating advice any kind of advice i mean about all kinds of things and some of it i can talk about some of it you know i can't but <laughs> <laughs> but you know i had friends who had you know emotional problems or just needed somebody to talk to and i'm as coaching goes, I'm a mindset coach. So my thing is when you master your mindset, you master your life. So I help basically my goal is to help people feel better about life and themselves. And I've been doing this. I've been writing um, about this stuff since 2013. I've been, I'm, I blog on it. I, but everybody uh, is always like, Oh, you're so positive all the time. And then, yeah, I didn't used to be. There was a time I wasn't that guy, but uh, I learned. Um, and once I once I figured that stuff out, it's like you know what? Positive people are a lot happier. They are. Is that why you got into life coaching, or how you started to get into it? Did you just realize like I need to change my own attitude? Well, I started reading some stuff way back. Um, I'm not even sure how far back. The first book I ever read on on, and it wasn't really positive attitude. To positive attitude was a book called Psycho Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, and he was a he was a psychologist, but a, a, he was a plastic surgeon, 
So I don't know. I don't even know why I picked the book up, except that name was just so cool to say. But once I started looking at it, you know, his thing was he was a plastic surgeon. He spent all his 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 life, you know, doing plastic surgery for people so they would feel better, look better about what they were. And as he as he was doing that, he was noticing that, you know, he might have fixed somebody's nose, you know, or whatever. But for some reason, when that person looked in the mirror, they couldn't see that it was gone. They couldn't see the improvements. Yeah. And we went on that being being, you know, their self image was that picture that they're seeing and they weren't really seeing what was going on. So once we started um, looking at, at the self image after that book, I ended up with Tony Robbins uh, Unlimited Power, which is a most magnificent work. And that's really the book that probably made me want to be a coach specifically more than any other because Tony Robbins was just so and is still so dynamic and awesome and I'm like I want to do that so you <laughs> decide people feel better you you read these books and you're like I want to do this thing but how do you get from that point of saying this is really interesting to me like this is something I want to do to actually doing it because it's not I don't know what, what you were doing at that time. You're like, you're reading this book thinking that, I don't know if you were doing photography back then or if you're doing something completely unrelated, just oh, having a job. Way back job. then, I was probably, I was still in the service, I think. Oh, God. I, uh, I did 20 years in the Air Force too. Um, well, once you decide that, it's like, well, what have you got to offer people? Uh, on my website, I talk about the three books that changed my life. Um, the first one was Illusions, The Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah. The second one is Tony Robbins, Unlimited Power. The third one was um, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, Highly Effective People. At the time, I was in those, I was living in those books. And then on top of all that was Psycho-Cybernetics, which talks specifically about the self-image. So in doing all of that stuff and all that time, then I just started talking to people. So the more people started coming to me, I, I just talked to them. I'd ask them questions. They'd answer. They'd feel better. And then in, uh, in 2012, when I actually started the coaching business, uh, it was a very interesting thing because the day that I launched my coaching business, I got my first client. It was like, oh, I have a check. This is good. This is now really, I got to really do it. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> so we did that. And then in the same time frame, I, I used to do things here for like Habitat for Humanity. Okay. Um, I was Mr. No, I wasn't Mr. Habitat, but I can, I, uh, I uh, actually participated in a Mr. Habitat pageant. Do you know anything about those? Um, I don't, but I'm just imagining like those, look, I'm imagining you with your shirt off on a calendar somewhere. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. Okay. But, but, <laughs> but, but however, we were supposed to be raising money for Habitat for Humanity. So I gave away a 30 day coaching package. Okay. For that, you know, I priced it at whatever. So people would bid on it and somebody bought the package, but I couldn't figure out who, well, when, <clears throat> when I finally found out who got it, someone had bought it for a friend of theirs. Okay. So now I'm like, okay, it's, this is never going to work. 
somebody just bought a coaching package for somebody. So the person they bought it for is not going to be invested uh, invested in it. They're really not going to want to try to get better or anything. And I was wrong mm. because the person who got the package said, my friend had a lot of faith in me. I'm, I'm in, I'm invested. Let's do this. And the, at the time they were homeless. Oh gosh. Um, I won't go into too much detail beyond that. So when we first started and they weren't in the state. So when we first started talking, they, they actually had to communicate with me via email and they were doing that at a computer. Um, like at a library. library. Yeah. So we were going back and forth for so long and. Um, wow. And we went through, we went through a lot of stuff. We went through a lot of self-image stuff. I can't, I can't go into any of their history because that's, <laughs> but eventually they ended up, well, the 30 days was up and I'm like, I can't possibly Stop. leave this person in this position. So I went on and I ended up coaching them for another two months, but at the end of the three months, they were working. They had gotten their own place to live. Um, they were reunited with family mm -hmm. members. And I was like, wow, I guess I'm good at this. <laughs> do this. So that was your, how, how new of a coach? That was your first year coaching. That was, yeah, that was my first year of officially coaching. Yeah. And that's what gave you, I guess, that that's feeling that <laughs> you do it. Yeah, I can yeah. do this. Like, I it was good, but then it's like, well, I don't want to go around telling people that I actually um, coached a, a homeless person to because that's not the clientele I'm actually looking for for the most part. And and it, and it sounds kind of hokey when you when you look at it, but the circumstances were, they were a very motivated person. They wanted to be better. They weren't looking for excuses. They wanted to be better. So you know, they did the work. They listened and and they went on. And that's that's one of the things about coaching. Um, People might think we we talk to people and we talk them into things. No, no, we don't. That's not what coaches do. Coaches, well, life coaches, you know, we try to help you figure out what's stopping you from going where you want to go. Yeah. And a lot of, of things. All, we help you figure like, out where you want to go. And okay. we don't do that. We don't, I don't go, so Jen, you think, did you want to be a model? <laughs> no, Jen. Oh, well. Well, maybe, have you thought about accounting? That's not what we do. No. But we found out what it is, I like to say, what it is that makes your heart sing, what it is you want to fix. And then we go into, we go into collaboration. We talk. And the thing about life coaching is I'm not here to tell you what's best for you. I'm here to help you discover what's best for you because we believe that you are the expert in your life so sticking with it has been something that you've done it sounds like because you've gotten really positive feedback and you feel like you're making a difference and that's a, a positive impact on your life i imagine absolutely so you feel like a purpose behind it uh, that's my purpose and you do you feel that life coaching is your purpose to help guide people I don't know if I want to put it specifically on life coaching, but helping people feel better, do better, live better is, is my purpose. 
You know, if you come in, I've met so many people with no self-image and I, I try to help everybody. You, you can't necessarily help, help everybody, but um, a lot of people don't think they're worth much for various reasons. Could be childhood, could be, could be any number of things, could be just a bad time. And I'm like, no, let's, let's, let's talk about this. How, how, how do you, why do you feel that way kind of a thing? And we, we go through the process of finding out where, you know, where, where did that come from? It's not therapy. It's questions. It's who are you? How do you feel? When you start talking about the thing you want to do, how does that make you feel? Oh, okay. So that's right now. So, so what what's standing between you and that? What do you think the difference is for you between like coaching and therapy then? Uh, number one, to be a therapist is a lot of money and it's a lot of licensing and therapists go in and they try to figure out your mind. Um, we don't do that. Coaches, therapists go like, okay, why do you feel this way? You know, Freud and all those guys did that. We don't do that. We take you from where you are right now and see what it takes to get you where you want to go. How you got there is not necessarily important that you have what it takes to get past that because as Tony Robbins says, your past does not equal your future. Okay. Just because you weren't it here. I'm not positive. I'm not positive if all therapists would agree with you that it's all about the past, but there is definitely an element there. We'll see. Well, um, we could go read some stuff if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I read plenty of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, nothing, nothing is an absolute this, but they're, they're, we don't do what they do. Okay, that's fair. So you, so you. And also, my job is to is to help you see where you want to go, encourage you to get there, be on your team, be your accountability if that's what you want. So you don't need me anymore. So you're the motivator. I'm that. You're the motivator. People are so much more than they give themselves credit for. You know, like, like how long did it take you to go from, this is my purpose. This is what I want to do to implementing that in your own life. Well, once I decided I really wanted to do it and I hired that coach to help me when that coaching session was done, I was, my graduation was my first client. That was it. That was it. It was just like immediate. But how long did it take you to decide what you wanted to do then? Maybe that's the right question. Decades. Uh, yeah. I mean, how, how, Decades. how long is that? See, that was 2012. See, I was born in 53. Hmm. How long is it? <laughs> I don't know. Right. You know, you know, you know, we're not born knowing what we wanted. I mean, some people it's think a long time. No, at, at, but you see, you spend all this time in life growing. Yeah, go through stages. Right. And a lot of people think we're supposed to know what it is we're supposed to be doing, but we don't. We grow into that. Yeah. You do things in life and you find out how you feel about it. Oh, this is crappy. You move to something else. Oh, this feels pretty good. Oh, but they said I can't do it. Well, let me go do something else. It's a process. You know, you're talking about the book with Tony Robbins and I find I read a lot of self-help books and Mm -hmm. just, just personal development books and whatnot. And a lot of times you feel like people have these like aha moments or like they were just born to do these things. And suddenly like overnight, they just become uber successful. I think that a lot of 
the books that you read tend to focus on people people who have these crazy success stories and maybe not right. the average human being. When you read the other books, you'll find out in most overnight successes, it took them about 20 years. Yeah, but you only are reading that end portion. And I'm more interested in those 20 years. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about the messy, dirty 20 years. That's because they no longer matter. That was what I had to go through to figure out what I wanted to do. All right, yep. for instance, I got married the first time. At, uh, I, went, I went in the Air Force at 17. Mm-hmm. I turned 18 in basic training. The next summer I got married. Wow. The next summer I had my first child. Well, I didn't have my child. You know, three and a half years after that, our second child was born. A couple of years after that, I got divorced. I mean, you want to go through that a whole thing? No. I think but, it's more realistic. I think it's more relatable for people to understand. A lot of times it feels like it's too late. You know, you're maybe 40 or you're 50 and you've been working in some career that you don't care about or you're not passionate about. Mm-hmm. And at some point you're just thinking in your mind, I just want to make as much money as I can and retire and I don't care about anything else. But I don't think that's how people actually want to live their lives. And so I think hearing about the messy, dirty underbelly is important and interesting for people to say, hey, you know what? When I'm 50 years old, I can scrap what I'm doing now and start over and do what I'm passionate about. Yeah, I think that's important. They don't have to wait till they're 50. Whenever it is, whenever it is. But see, for a lot of people, that happens when they get really, really tired of doing something that does not satisfy them. Yeah. And what is the formula for when you get tired of doing that? When is, what's the formula for when you get tired of settling for something you don't like? What is the formula? Do you have it? Exactly. The formula is as varied as the people who do it. What is it that would make your heart sing? If you sit back and, and you daydream and you, w- and you wake up and you are completely happy and you are joyous and life is awesome, what's going on in that picture? So what would you tell someone who's still searching for their passion? Figure it out. That's it. Just Mm -hmm. figure it out. Yeah. It's not that easy. If it was easy, anybody could do it. Everybody would do it. You know, what makes you, what makes you happy? How do you know that? How do you know? You try stuff and then you go, and that doesn't nope. do anything for me. Nope. You can sit back and go, what would really make me happy? Because, you know, journey on life, journey in life is to find out what it is that makes you happy. I don't care what anybody says. We're not born knowing. Well, let me say this. Most of us aren't born knowing. And if we are, it takes us a few years to be able to translate that. And then we can go somewhere. And I know an awful lot of people who've had an incredible mission up to a certain age when they decided, that's not really my mission. My mission is this. So life goes from point to point to point to point until you find what really makes your heart sing, what really sets you on fire, or what really is like, oh, all this time, I've been collecting all this knowledge and all this experience. So when I got to find out what it really is that makes my heart sing 
I now have the skills and the knowledge to do it. I don't know. Sometimes it feels like that time is wasted. Like what skills am I developing? You know, some, some of what the skills, skills are you developing? Some of the skills, 100%, like I agree, feel yeah. important. You know, for example, Toastmasters feels important to me. Like I think developing public speaking communication skills are important. But some what of those you, like work what related feel, What skills, do you feel that's important? Why do I feel it's important? I asked you first. Is that, that, that was your question? Yes, ma'am. I think it's important because I really appreciate feedback. Without feedback in my life, it's hard for me to know what direction I'm going in. I appreciate getting feedback and giving feedback in Toastmasters most of mm -hmm. all. To me, that's like, like a compass that tells me where I sit right now. If I don't have that kind of feedback in my life, I don't know and I feel unanchored. Those little bumps on the road, a terrible example, I use it all the time. You go down the road, got those little bumps on the road mm -hmm. and, and suddenly you move over too far and you're going and all that stuff. That's feedback. That's feedback that if you don't come back over this way, you're probably gonna hit something over there. Hmm. If you're doing a job, that does not fulfill you and you just feel like Ugh, you're getting feedback because if it's not charging you if it's not fulfilling you the feedback is this is probably not the right job for me what else would make my heart sing the coach can't help you tell you no and we're, talk, we're not talking about business coach. We're talking about life coach mm -hmm. until you kind of know where you want to go. Mm -hmm. That sometimes takes a little bit, but there are interim things you can do just to get experience because the more you play with, the more you find out this works, this doesn't work. You know, we come out of, we come out of school Sometimes little kids know exactly what they want to do. I wanted to be an astronaut once. That's way too high up now. I wanted to be president of the United States once. Then eh, give that up. Yes. Those people come out of the office old and gray. They I'd be going in old and gray. And how would I come out then? You know. So what I'm doing now is helping people feel better about themselves and helping them realize that they are awesome. Anyway. Hmm. And then once they accept that and allow themselves to be, things get better. Then what? It just hits them like an epiphany? Bam. It has. It can. You got to give it a permission to happen. We are also of the thought of the concept that you really know what's best for you. All we do is help you move whatever's in the way so you can see it, basically. So did you find that training was really helpful in your ability to coach others? Yes. Okay. The coaching I was doing before that was more consultive. I was good at, I can, I'm good at giving people stuff to do but that doesn't always help them hmm. because 
the person has to own what it is they're doing. Mm -hmm. And basically, if they haven't decided that that's a good path, they're not going to be invested in it, which means they've wasted their money and my time. So I don't coach just anybody just for coaching. We have to be able to click. We have to be able to communicate. And we have to agree on certain terms. Oh. So it is entirely a collaboration. Hmm. And then when we're all done and you are feeling empowered and you are running your life and you're doing great things. I get to cheer you, do a couple of somersaults and you run off into the sunset, happy forever. Can you do a somersault for me now? I want to see this. No, room's too small. <laughs> anyway, so that's fun. Well, but anyway, thank you for wanting to even have a conversation with me. And, I do. Uh, I do want to have, I want to have more conversations with you because you're uh, really a person. hope I said something of value for your podcast. Thank you, Calvin. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You have a lovely evening. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to check out Calvin's website, intenselypositive.com, and stay tuned to see what's on my mind next time.